Thank you. <laughs> In three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number 36 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I'm your host, Bill. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, you know I like to mix things up. And that's exactly what I'm going to do tonight, pal. Before I get to asking you about how you're doing, I got a different question for you. Being Halloween is here, I want to know. Dick or teat? Excuse me? Isn't that how the old saying goes, buddy? Not if you want candy. <laughs> Have I been saying it wrong all these years? <laughs> Are you noticing why the police seem to be following you all over the place? <laughs> all right, Chris. Let's get down to business, buddy. How is you? I guess I'm all right. We found the uh, we found it in us to, I guess, do another episode. Well, we had no choice, bro, because we <laughs> promised everybody, you know, the three or four people that listen, that we were indeed going to do a Halloween spooktacular and that's right halloween spooktacular all rights reserved we came up with that name <laughs> and we came through i guess on the uh recording but uh why don't we uh mention that the case might be a little different than we uh, <laughs> promised <laughs> well chris like uh i always say what we say and what we do are two totally different things when it comes to this shitty little podcast. As I mentioned last week, we were going to do an episode on all the mysterious circumstances surrounding the original Exorcist film. That was up until the point where a couple of uh, friends of the show, including my wife, Lara, started writing me about it and saying what a terrible idea it was. So, bud, we had to drop that, call an audible, and uh, we are here tonight to discuss something perhaps a little more sinister. We have to hope, before we get into this story, we have to hope that uh, this episode performs as well as our last one, because the last episode we did number 35 on the terrible and horrifying disappearance of uh, nine-year-old Asia Degree is soaring. It is our most downloaded episode to date. So, uh, I mean, the feedback seems to be pretty uh, good on the job we're doing, so... I don't know what people are listening to, or perhaps they're just drunk or stoned by the time they tune into us, but uh, <laughs> as of right now, we seem to be riding high, and let's see if we can keep the ball rolling with this creepy little tale. Now, but with all that said, and you know I don't like to talk much, let me uh, put the ball in your court, if you don't mind. Would you mind taking the reins on this special Halloween spooktacular episode and telling the fine, fine, fine people in podcast land what it is we're talking about? You switched it up on that one. <laughs> it was a little bit different. <laughs> well, I'd be glad to tell everybody what we're talking about tonight. We all love a good doll story, don't we? Mm-hmm. And tonight's episode, because tonight, <laughs> tonight, we are talking about nothing other than the infamous, notorious case surrounding the Annabelle doll. When people think of the Annabelle doll, they automatically are probably going to think of the movie The Conjuring. Now, that creepy-ass bitch doll is perhaps the scariest-looking doll I've ever seen in my entire life. She made her introduction into the Conjuring film and then the subsequent Annabelle movies. Now, the interesting thing here is that it was actually based off of a true story regarding a doll's character. How 
However, Chris, the real Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann doll, so she does not look very fucking scary at all. As a matter of fact, it basically looks like a pillow with a little fucking triangular nose and uh, some big-ass eyes. So when you're looking at it visually, she does not look intimidating at all. (laughs) Am I right? That's correct. The doll they used, and mind you... I would want to know what kind of person would ever purchase the doll that was used in this movie. I can understand buying a Raggedy Ann doll, because it looks somewhat friendly, I guess. But this fucking thing in the Annabelle movie? Good grief. I have a problem with dolls, as I've been mentioning quite a few times on this episode. So, years ago, I mean, this is going back to when I was a kid probably five or six for some reason my mother would let me watch these movies and it was through those movies that my first experience with dolls scared the living fuck out of me and that was a 1970s movie with anthony hopkins in it and it was called magic and it was about a ventriloquist and how he sort of lived this like isolated life and his only companion was this ventriloquist doll that he you know, did his routine with, and slowly but surely he started to lose his mind, and the doll started to control him. The thing is that this doll was so fucking creepy looking. I mean, not as as, as realistic as the Annabelle doll is in the movies, but he had these like over dramatic features, like human characteristics, but they were just disproportionate. So it looked really weird. I'll send you the clip of it later, but no, thanks. (laughs) It it scared the shit of me. So like he would be doing skits. The doll would start getting nasty with him on stage and insulting him. And I think at one point even try to bite him or bit him on stage live in front of an audience. And the audience even starts getting like, what the fuck is going on with this guy from that moment on? And that was probably in 1980. Like I said, like when I was five, And since then, I have been scared fucking shitless of dolls. It really bothers me, like, for real, not even joking around. And I haven't felt that creeped out by a doll since seeing this little motherfucker in that Annabelle movie. I guess that, obviously, it's pretty well known that a lot of people don't like dolls, so the horror movies behind it are are definitely uh, a go-to for movie makers. Well really bothers me when watching these type of doll movies it's it's not so much the physical attacks it's like like we talked about when we were discussing the um paranormal activity films it's it's those subtle little things like a subtle movement or the doll ends up in a different room like remember when we watched that fucking movie the boy oh yeah yeah yeah, and and it was really stupid ending so fucking like the whole film kind of fucking sucked but remember when the thing was just moving around like the woman walked down the hallway and the thing was just sitting at the edge of the bed it's much, it's, you're right, it's much scarier if the thing doesn't even come to life. It's just the idea that it's alive. Yeah, yeah. Very, I mean, even like in when we were talking about in um, Poltergeist with the clown doll thing on the chair, just like it was there and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And then you see the fucking thing underneath the, the kid's bed just strangling. <laughs> was that you, Chris? <laughs> I'm out of here, guy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so all these things... Uh, what we're talking about now <laughs> will eventually come into play with the story. You're going to see how, because the original Annabelle doll was said to have a dark spiritual entity residing within her. We're going to come to find out that there were reports of her moving, her attacking people, and uh, possibly her 
escaping from an enclosed casing. Now, Chris, with all that said, why don't we give a little bit of a background on the old Annabelle doll and discuss how she came into existence. What do you think of that, buddy? (laughs) Well, I fucking hate it, but I'm going to do it anyway, I guess. So, some of you may have seen Annabelle in movies, particularly in the beginning of the movie The Conjuring, where Annabelle makes a little cameo. And this is where Ed and Lorraine Warren become famous. Based off true story, of course, these two paranormal investigators start to look into this case about a doll which lived in an apartment with two women. Jesus, Annabelle, relax. And these two were complaining of that perhaps the doll itself was moving about. They would put the doll in one place and it would suddenly move to another. Back in 1970, Donna... Are we going to go with Donna? There are different reports of her name. (laughs) Oddly enough, whenever you come into these stories of demonic possessions, I I swear to God, the fucking facts change just to uh, manipulate the, the fear factor. So... In this instance, we have Nurse Donna or Deidre. They gave us two different names, didn't they, Chris? Uh, but the, <laughs> that they did. But the different websites uh, we looked on, it seemed to me that the name Donna was a little bit more prevalent. We found this on an article called The True Story of Annabelle, The Haunted Doll from the Conjuring by a gentleman named Devin Farassi. And this guy seemed to have his shit together because he, uh, he knows <laughs> everything in there basically is to know about this creepy-ass little doll. So, Chris, why don't we go with Donna? All right, Donna. (laughs) So, Donna receives this used Raggedy Ann doll by the name Annabelle. First things first, Chris, never, under any circumstance, even at gunpoint, do you accept a used doll? I will have to agree with you there. You have no idea of the history behind the doll, who its previous owners were, it's just not a good move. No, I don't Avoid like it. This. And I'm being dead serious. I don't like it one bit. My kids are not allowed to have used dolls. And they're also not allowed to have dolls that are bigger than, let's go a foot, foot and a half. That's your max. Because if you need to get into a boxing match with this little fucking thing, you need to know. <laughs> Punt that bitch in the next week. <laughs> so for her 28th birthday, that's some birthday gift. Uh, I'm sorry, what? I'm uh, surely even 8th birthday, correct? 20. Eighth birthday. Perhaps, Chris, we need to do an episode on a woman who would receive a uh, little doll on her 28th birthday. What the fuck? Uh, I, maybe she had a thing for Raggedy Ann dolls. I, oh, all right, all right. I, I guess if that's your thing. You know. L- listen, I, I don't want to alienate anybody who might be listening. Dolls are for everybody. Very nice. <laughs> we know how you really feel. <laughs> so, Donna... Being absolutely joyed with receiving this gift, decides to bring it back to her apartment, which she shared with another nurse by the name Angie. As we mentioned, Raggedy Ann doll's not that hard to look at. It's very friendly looking. Nothing very demonic about it. So they were happy to have the accessory, and they put it on a sofa in their living room. And it would greet visitors. Oh, how it would greet visitors. But then not long after, suddenly things started to go a little wrong because Annabelle was not where they last left her 
when they return. Oh, if your mind is already prone to thinking weird shit like that, or you're prone to getting freaked out easily, you might think that something moves, and uh, I mean, in, in which case it really didn't, but your mind might start playing tricks on you. So what you're saying is that Donna and Angie reported that this little Raggedy Ann doll, or not so little, right? She's about two feet tall, was essentially being left in one spot when they left for the day. And when they got home, it was in a different location. Am I right? You are right. I wish it ended there, but that's not what else happened. Mm, Okay. So they started to find notes around the apartment. These weren't friendly notes. They said, help me on them. May I add that they were written on parchment paper? Oh, which... oh so it was baking, baking a nice treat. <laughs> it was really just a recipe for a good, <laughs> a good shortbread cookie. Well, apparently they didn't keep parchment paper in their apartment, so that was even more puzzling. As anybody should be, I would be a little troubled by this. Not only that the fact that the doll was moving from place to place, but because they're finding notes. And obviously the first thing you're going to think about, what I would think about, is somebody's entering the apartment. The doll may be moving around, but maybe someone came in to move the doll. If you don't have parchment papers, did somebody come into the apartment and leave it there? Is somebody trying to play... Either way, something got into the fucking apartment, so like at that point I would not be staying there anymore. But it doesn't fucking end there, does it? Because now... Angie's boyfriend, known as Lou, was in the apartment uh, one afternoon while Donna was out. And he heard some rustling in the room as maybe like what someone was breaking in. So he goes to check it out and finds no sign of forced entry or anything like that, but finds the Annabelle doll lying face down on the ground. Suddenly, he says, he appears to feel a searing pain in his chest and looked down to find bloody claw marks running across it. Uh, across what? His chest. Uh, but this thing was not even close to him at the time? I guess not. I mean, if you're getting scratched up by a Raggedy Ann doll... <laughs> I mean, the thing doesn't even have fingers, right? I mean, it was basically just like these little mitten hands. A left! Another left! Oh, this is a bad Stop one! Stop the fight! Stop the fight! <laughs> oh, Louie boy is down for the count! <laughs> but, so, Lou's... Or, or Louie, you know, let's let, let's get a little more personal with him. He's alone in this apartment. It's his girlfriend's doll. And he's essentially saying that he's heard some rumbling, walks into the room, the doll's laying face first on the ground, and he then notices that he has some scratches and claw marks across his chest. <laughs> <laughs> they suddenly vanished. Without a trace, two days later. Ah, sure they did, Lou. Um, now, now, uh, Lou also has a different uh, account, which is, God, it would make the uh, scratching tales sound very credible. Now, one night, old Lou was sleeping in his girlfriend's bed, and good for him, uh, but there was no report that she was in there with him, so apparently Lou spends a lot of time in this fucking apartment by himself. Okay, with so... With the doll. Yes, so... The story goes that Lou woke up in a state of sleep paralysis. Now, I've never experienced this, and apparently it's a real thing, but I don't know. Oh, I have. You've had it? I've not where I've seen something. You're basically dreaming. You get this feeling of, like, you can't breathe. It's weird. Like, you're in the dream trying to get up or move, but you can't. You're completely frozen. 
and then you wake up and you you like catch your breath it's the weirdest fucking thing it literally happened to me two weeks ago i was like but like what though dude like i I never i've heard this this is getting more interesting but fuck the doc case i want to know about this so what like you're asleep or you're awake it was weird like i was sleep i literally just had laid down for like i don't know 15 minutes but i like passed out and i it was enough for me to dream and i was dreaming that i was i think somebody was like coming after me or whatever anyway i end up on the floor and i try to get up and i couldn't get up in real life you were on the floor no 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 no. i in the dream Uh, i was on the floor but i was in the bed but in real life i couldn't get up and i'm looking at the closet from the floor and then when i wake up i was looking at the closet but awake from the bed but i couldn't like i couldn't get up like i was i was like stuck it was almost like i couldn't breathe or move when you were awake then you woke up then i woke up and then i like i just like caught my breath like it was weird it was like uh it literally is like you're completely paralyzed i don't understand this so like you you were still in your dream but you dreamt that you were awake (laughs) it was like in between i guess because i went from dreaming into waking up and then all of a sudden it was just like like what the fuck just happened like i was like i couldn't move and then all of a sudden i wake up and i was like holy shit jesus christ dude it's it's extremely creepy why didn't you tell me this off air this is fucking insane (laughs) It's not like a, you know, whatever, you wake up, you, you could finally move and stuff, but it was just like, I was like, holy shit, like, you, 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 you kind of feel what it must be like to be paralyzed, like, you just can't, you but, have no control at that moment, I don't know but what, what happen- causes that. What would happen if your tummy hurt during that time? <laughs> Well, then, my man, you're going to need new sheets. <laughs> now, brother, let me just ask you one quick question. When you were sleeping, did you dream a little dream of me? No, I can't say it was. It was you. <laughs> God, the Halloween spooktacular episode is just really going down to fucking tubes. So n- now I feel bad. Now maybe fucking Lou is telling the truth here. You know, I, I mean, I always thought sleep paralysis was just something that was kind of like over dramatized. But God, Chris, I mean, you just set me straight. <laughs> it, I mean, I don't know what it, what to the point where these people are talking about whether there's like something sitting at the foot of their bed. But I can tell you that I definitely experienced i guess what i didn't even know there was a name for it but i guess yeah sleep paralysis all right so all right we'll do a different episode on sleep paralysis let's move on so we got this fat fuck lou he is sleeping and he says that at one point he was stuck in a state of sleep paralysis like uh chris has experienced and it was at this point that he noticed old annabelle the raggedy and doll standing at the edge of uh, the bed near his feet and he could not move, as what happens with sleep paralysis. And it was at that point that uh, old Annabelle jumped on the bed and began strangling Lou. <laughs> now, Lou was somehow fighting for his life against this fucking haystack. So apparently he snapped out of this paralysis and was able to escape the room. So as you could see, the hauntings and the... Attacks are getting more and more violent, I should say, are reportedly getting more and more violent as Annabelle's stay gets longer and longer with Donna and Angie. So it sounds like old Annabelle wants Lou out. And can you blame her? Interestingly, though, these like physical attacks haven't happened to Donna or Angie. It's just been Lou. Am I right? 
Oh, God. That was creepy. <laughs> Jesus, I wasn't expecting that, Chris. Uh, yeah, but the interesting thing here is that old Donna and Angie, I guess they wanted to sort of care for this doll in a weird way. So as uh, Lou is reporting all this shit, they seem to believe that there is some kind of a desperate and uh, depressed spirit lurking within this doll. And so it's at this point that they have a decision to make. Do you want to keep this doll or do you want to get rid of it? They make the decision to... Pretty simple decision on my part. Yeah, I'll fucking see it. Tossed right out the window. They make the decision <laughs> to keep the doll and uh, attempt to... <laughs> Give it a home and help it. Now, I've heard that nurses have a very caring attitude, but to uh, offer your home up to a uh, demonized doll is a bit much for anybody. With that said, they ended up losing a little bit of trust in old Annabelle. And I mean, that comes in the form of those mysterious letters they were reading. And there were also reports, as Chris had mentioned, of the doll moving around. And at one point, it was actually standing there in the hallway waiting for them to get home. So as if it was agitated that Donna and or Angie were leaving the home. So they started to feel a little bit threatened by this. And it's at that point where they really got freaked out. And they called on their local church and the, the pastor of the church, and he was like, I, I don't know what to fucking do. So he contacts another priest, and <laughs> that priest is like, I don't know what to do. because goes, and I'm not getting involved, so let's get uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren on the phone. And these are the people that Chris mentioned very early on in the story. Now, old Eddie and Lorraine enter the story as paranormal investigators. To be a paranormal investigator takes a really uh, soulful and uh, enlightened human being to be able to uh, talk to the other side. And I'm certain it takes a lot of training. Now, with all that said, Chris, Ed and Lorraine must have impeccable credentials. Why don't you share with the good people their credentials? <laughs> well, let's see, how do I put this? Um, Ed... Uh, actually was self-taught and a self-professed demonologist. I'm sorry? Author and lecturer. I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, he he's, he was self-taught. He, you know, he read up on the stuff and... Okay. You know, he's a demonologist. All right. And, and Lorraine was also a professed, uh, well, a clairvoyant and a medium who would work closely. So there was a good team. They, you know, they had the medium clairvoyant and you have the demonologist. So it's a one-two punch. This was their first real, I guess, claim to fame with the doll. They have a bit of, you know, their own take on what exactly Annabelle was. Because the, the girls think, they're under the impression that it's just a spirit, a friendly one at that, that it is just a bit lost. You know, maybe they need a friend and they're just looking to the girls as a, you know... Companions, right? But I mean, with that said, you know, and we said that they have may have a very caring and giving nature. <laughs> I mean, if you're sensing that there's in this inanimate object that that needs help and is beginning to show that it has some physical abilities to move and manipulate real life items in your home, that's beyond me. How you would want to offer help? I guess some people are just deep down good-hearted people right though what are you saying about me chris <laughs> oh i wouldn't do the job that's for sure that thing would have been out the first fucking move that it made nonetheless the warrens have a different take on this they don't believe it was a spirit of any sort more than it was actually a demonic force 
And according to them, spirits don't actually possess inanimate objects, like houses or toys in this case. They possess people. An inhuman spirit, on the other hand, can attach itself to a place or object. And this is what they believe happened with Annabelle. So they don't believe that Annabelle itself was possessed. They think that the spirit was manipulating the doll to give it the illusion that it was alive so that it would be able to be recognized by Donna and Angie. But what they think was happening was that this demon was not looking to attach itself to the doll. It was actually looking to possess a human. So that's right, folks. It was looking for a human host which means Donna or Angie would have been in grave danger. Now, Chris, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Some of the shit that I'm going to go off of right now is from an article by a lovely young lady named Katie Serena. And the name of the article is Inside the Real Annabelle Dolls, True Story of Terror. If you find this article, the first thing you're going to see is the the movie Annabelle Doll and the fucking thing's moving. So you got to be ready to jump as soon as you see this. But <laughs> all in all, I mean, she does an absolutely outstanding job and she gives us all this fucking information. So right after the Warrens made their appearance into the lives of Annabelle, they truly believe that there were signs of not only demonic possessions, but teleportation and materialization, as you said, with regards to that parchment paper. So what the Warrens are saying is that she can create objects out of some demonic-like ability. So things can just appear and disappear, much like fucking uh, uh, Fat Lou Abano's uh, scratches on his chest, right? So, I mean, we have all this kind of shit going on. It was at this point the Warrens are like, you know, fuck it. You know, we're going to get an exorcism up in this uh, motherfucker in the apartment, so they call on Dr. Uh, they, so they, that was verbatim? Yeah, that was verbatim. <laughs> and uh, they call on Father Cooker. And remember, I mentioned a priest that Donna and Angie called. It was uh, Father Cook, or the priest that they originally called, then called Father Cook. Because it's along those lines. So he, he said, uh, let's get Annabelle out this apartment. Because he, he, he was right. He goes, and uh, they took her to her, and I'm, I'm going to put this verbatim as it's in Katie's article, her final resting place in the occult museum in hopes that her demonic reign would finally end. And the occult museum is owned by none other than Chris. The Warrens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not the same Ed and Lorraine Warren that came to investigate the matter. Yeah. Oh. The now, very same. Now, okay, now let me raise a question to you, Chris. Uh, uh, I like to fancy myself somewhat of a businessman, and I, uh, I enjoy making profits on items and uh, finding ways to make money. Uh, let me ask you, do you think that their interest may have been more of a monetary gain than a spiritual one? I mean, I can only speculate. Uh, maybe a few dollars here and there. Never hurt anybody. You are so diplomatic, Chris. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes, because I'm assuming that if they're calling it the occult museum or, you know, any kind of, uh, so any kind of place where you would have items of display or especially items of interest or as we're making these claims of demonic possession, I'm assuming that you would then charge an admission fee or at least have some kind of donation box or sell some form of of uh, memorabilia regarding the aforementioned demonic possessed item. Well, Bill, um, 
if you want to visit the uh, occult museum, <laughs> now, it's now, now, not too far away. Listen, Chris, as I said in the opening, what I say and what I do are two different things. <laughs> so yes, I'm I'm being a sarcastic dick about this museum and my actual belief that this doll is possessed. <laughs> However, would I go visit it or touch it? The answer is a hard fucking no. Fuck that thing. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently it's located in Monroe, Connecticut. Um, which is a little too close for comfort for which me, is pretty Chris. close. Yes. You know, it didn't just stop there. They didn't just take the doll and remove the demonic possession from it. They took the doll, put it on display, and put it in this case. And what's really insane about it is that uh, there's a huge sign that says, Warning, positively do not touch i mean they got like this glowing red light on it and the thing is sort of sitting there almost looks like it's taking a shit right it's like kind of like sitting with its uh, knees bent and the, and, the, and the hands are kind of like resting on the uh on the thighs and it looks very um i mean it looks a little ominous and it can even give a raggedy and doll a, a, a bit of a fear factor well it simply just wants somebody to hold it I mean, it could be because you're looking underneath it. I'm looking at the picture right now, and I'm going to post this thing on Instagram. There's a Ouija board underneath it. There's a couple skulls lying around. God, there's it looks like a couple of religious artifacts in the background. A little, a, a couple of dimly lit candles. So you have all the token pieces there to uh, make this very eerie. Can you imagine there was just like some fake webbing with some spiders hanging in it too like across the, I think that it would lose uh, well, 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 a little bit well, of its well judging by the looks of this place I would think that there may be some form of rodent running around I don't know man like you said uh, I may uh, poke and make fun but I'm not willing to really find yeah, out fuck that shit I wouldn't go near that thing at gun <laughs> point so Chris let's go backwards a little bit we're getting ahead of ourselves. Fine, we revealed that the doll is on display at a museum, but that wasn't the immediate relocation of Annabelle. Because when Ed and Lorraine took the doll home, they uh, put it in Ed's study. Now, study's not really a, a term for a room that we use anymore. It's more like an office or a fucking library, a small home library or shit like that. Thanks for the lesson, asshole. Uh, they uh, <laughs> threw... Annabelle in there, and it was at that point, I'm going back to Katie's article now, that they <laughs> they said that Annabelle was levitating and uh, moving around a house, basically flying around a house. Chris, what do you think of that? There's always something uh, foolish about something floating in the air. I just can't, like, <laughs> like just picture that, that thing just whizzing through the air past your head. Chris, now, <laughs> I don't with, know the, if I buy it. <laughs> with that said... I have something that's floating in the air. Would you like to investigate it? <laughs> no, thank you. Chris, as I mentioned about her being encased in this little fucking glass enclosure that says, uh, please do not um, touch or remove, they threw her a little ass in there real quick, and <laughs> I don't blame them. So apparently she's locked in this glass case to this day. Now that she's locked in this case, obviously we can have a little fun uh, and 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 mock her a bit. So, I mean, what is she really going to do? Am I right? You first. <laughs> Am I right, buddy? Has there been any claims of her actually fucking with people's lives? Uh, yes. 
a priest apparently visited their museum, and as we are doing here, Gulp, kind of discounted the demonic abilities of this entity, if you will, this this doll. And apparently, uh, Mr. Warren, uh, he said you shouldn't mock the demonic power that this doll possesses, and the priest simply left. And on his way home, he was involved in a near-fatal crash, totaling his car. And he claims that he saw Annabelle in his rearview mirror just before it happened. Oh, is that so? Maybe. Uh, they don't mention a name here. I, I love how when there are these uh, very ominous claims that the names seem to always be withheld. <laughs> well, at that point, you could just say anything. Anything, yeah. But you know what? We'll never know. No, we won't. Let's wrap this all up, Chris. Let's put a pretty little uh, Halloween bow on it. So, unfortunately, Ed and Lorraine have both passed away. Ed in 2006, and as Chris mentioned, Lorraine uh, lived all the way up into 2019. God bless him. Their museum, the Occult Museum, is still open to this day, and uh, Annabelle is still on display. She's still locked up in her protective case, and uh, the warning is still there, which basically says, stay the fuck away. Do not fucking touch me. I shall obey those orders. All right, Chris, this is it. I'm going to post some pictures of the actual Annabelle and, uh, you know, see what you think of it. You know, if you guys find her scary, if you don't, I, I really can't seem to find any um, dangerous qualities, at least physically, when, when looking at Annabelle. So it would make it very difficult for me to actually feel threatened by her. Now, as... <laughs> oh God! Well, maybe I'm sorry. Back. You were saying. Let me rephrase that. Uh, <laughs> but if it was the Annabelle doll in the Conjuring and the Annabelle movies, oh fuck yes, I wouldn't even make eye contact with that thing. Yeah, there, there's a point where it doesn't matter if it's possessed or not. If it looks scary, that's, that's all you all need. It, that's hey, all you need. You just need it to look fucking scary, and then your mind will do the rest. It'll play fucking tricks on you. With that said, bud, that wraps up episode number thirty-six, and the first. Annual Between the Cracks Halloween Spooktacular. Now, bud, we have a couple more special shows coming up. I think we might have a Thanksgiving episode, and we could talk about the things we're thankful for, buddy. And then uh, we are definitely going to have a end-of-the-year episode, which then will coincide with our January one-year anniversary episode, bud. One year ago, we started this podcast. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. And we're still going somewhat strong, right? I mean, the, the numbers are up. People seem to like what they're listening to, which I don't know why. So as long as people listen, we're going to keep going. Yeah, I, I would say uh, if you had interviewed us a mere week after our first recording, I would say that uh, we would have probably wrapped things up the following week. Ooh. And uh, That first episode was something fucking... <laughs> I was just... Out of a out of a fucking horror film, you know what? I should go back and listen to the first episode just to see how god awful and like uncomfortable we were. Oh, oh dude, it's very un it's very unnerving. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I think I might do that tonight too. Uh, for anybody who hasn't listened to the first episode, I would urge you guys to go back and listen to it, and then you can mock us all you want. It, it's very uh, we're we're trying to be very serious and uh, factual, and it's, it's just was completely not us, and it would never have worked if it stayed that way. 
Yikes. Maybe I won't watch it. <laughs> oh, wa- are you going to watch it? Listen. Ah, whatever. <laughs> all right, Chris. Let's get out of here. So, uh, with all that said, I hope you guys enjoyed the Halloween spooktacular show. Uh, Chris will be up here with me on Halloween, so uh, perhaps there'll be some hijinks, and we can report about that next week if anybody gives a shit. With all that said, uh, let me get the rundown. If you want to get in touch with us, it's btcpod2020 at gmail.com. Instagram, between the cracks podcast facebook between the cracks podcast just google it and the shit will pop up uh, if you want to buy any merchandise from the show um that's the btc store at teespring open the purse strings it's the holiday season what can i tell you all right and uh make us feel good about ourselves so uh until next week chris and i gotta get out of here i gotta go pick up my son from karate let's bid everybody the fondest oh farewell Big boy now. (laughs) I can understand a raggedy owl. (laughs) Raggedy doll. I can under. Come again? We're also known for this first case and then going to. Sorry, I just struck out with the bases loaded. That's why I was fucking (laughs) pissed off out of my mind. I'm sorry. What game are you playing? Uh, Dude, you got to get this game. Download this fucking game. It's called MLB Nine Innings. It is so fucking good, and the graphics are so realistic. Oh, no. This episode is going down a drain quick, buddy. What's the name? Ed and what? Lorraine? Ed and Lorraine Warren. All right. And it was at that... God, this is stupid. And it was at that point where... What are the fucking names? Ed and Lorraine? Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren.